is episode 34, addressing three of the most common online course creation challenges. Hello and welcome to the Online Course Coaching Podcast, where we deep dive into all aspects of online course creation, from concept to marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Tim Cooper, and it's a pleasure to have you with me today. Hello and welcome. I'm Tim Cooper, and I coach experts in all fields who want to expand their reach, share their knowledge, message, and passion, and inspire people to live more fulfilling lives. For over 30 years, I have taught in the workplace, workshops, in the classroom, and online. And if you have a message burning inside you that needs to get out into the world, contact me today. As you're no doubt aware, I do a lot of research into the problems and the challenges that face online course creators. And in this episode, I'm going to address three of the many challenges that people come up against. So this will become a series over time addressing these challenges and just advising ways around things and and just ways to get started and get on the road to online course success. And before I get into the information, I'd like to invite you to tell me what your challenges are when it comes to creating and marketing your online course. I do have an online survey. It is only about four questions long, and seriously, it will only take two or three minutes of your time. But the information that you give me in that helps me identify areas of need, and I can create training programs to help people overcome those specific challenges. Now, if you'd like to help me out with this survey, please visit ecoursedomination.com forward slash survey. That's ecoursedomination.com forward slash survey. I'll be extremely grateful for your input. Now, I also offer complimentary 20-minute Skype coaching sessions. These sessions are no obligation, no strings attached. I don't try to sell you anything. All we do is we just get on a Skype call and I just guide you through and give you some options on how to approach a hurdle or an obstacle that you're currently experiencing in your online course journey. Now, if you're interested in taking up one of these free 20-minute coaching spots, just go to ecoursedomination.com. On the right-hand side there in the sidebar, there should be a yellow box saying one-to-one coaching. Just put your information in there and select a time and we will get onto that call. Now, if you're on a mobile device, you may have to scroll down to the bottom of the page and find the input box there. It may take a couple of seconds to load depending on internet speed, but it will appear. So yes, if you want to book in for your complimentary coaching session, just go to ecoursedomination.com, go to the one-to-one coaching box and put information in and select the time and day you would like the call. Now we say this at the beginning of every show, I want to be providing the information that you need. I want to be answering the questions that you have. So if there's a topic you want to know more about, if there's any specific questions you have, if there is somebody you would like me to interview, or if you believe you have something to share with the audience, please contact me at asktim at ecoursedomination.com. That's asktim at ecoursedomination.com and we'll get on to it. And as always, the show notes to the show will be found at ecoursedomination.com forward slash 34. That's the numbers three and four. That's ecoursedomination.com forward slash 34. And all the links, resources, and a summary of the contents of this episode will be all in one place there for your convenience. Okay, so as you can appreciate, 
people encounter many challenges when it comes to creating online courses. But the good news is, is that they're not alone in this. Like just because they're experiencing a problem, you can be rest assured that there are many other people who have got the same problem. So this is going to be the first of many episodes that are addressing these common problems. Now, as I'm starting to record this episode, a thunderstorm is rolling through, so you may be serenaded with some thunderclaps. It's only something like 10 o'clock in the morning. It's very hot. It's very muggy. I live on the Gold Coast in Queensland in Australia, and we're coming into summer, and I can tell you what, it's a hot one. So I do apologize for any thunder in the background, but no, that's Mother Nature for you. Okay, so let's start with what could possibly be the most common challenge when it comes to online course creation, and that is equipment. People get very, very tied up over the technical aspects of putting their course together, about the how to create the video, how to create a screencast, and all that sort of stuff. And this side of things can be done very, very cost-effectively. Now, we have spoken about this in a number of episodes in the online course coaching podcast. And so I do encourage you, if this is an issue that you do have and you want to know more about it, to go back through the previous episodes and find the episodes that we're talking about equipment. I've got one with you, Collingbourne, and I've got a few others in there where we discuss the simple setups that you need to get started. Personally, when it comes to tech for me, I went out and I bought a a very affordable three-piece soft light kit and background. So I got my three softbox lights and I got a background with a black, white and green screen backdrop. And that cost me around about $230 Australian delivered. I got that off eBay. I then went out and I bought myself a $30 tripod. And I actually use my mobile phone. I've got a Samsung S6 and I use my mobile phone to record the video because now you can record super high definition on these phones. I also invested in two high quality mics. So the mic I'm on now, which is a Rode NT-USB, which is a, a studio quality mic. It's quite a, it's quite a big mic. It's a desktop mic or we put it onto a, onto a boom. And I also have a lapel mic. Once again, it's a Rode microphone, and and, and both these and both these microphones are cardioid, which means that they they reduce the amount of surround noise that it picks up. So it's a better quality, and 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 they're basically auto noise cancelling. So it's very important, I think, that if you're going to invest any money when it comes to creating an online course, that you invest it in a good quality microphone because audio is so important but you know when I put my first course together I didn't have these high quality microphones I bought an audio technica lapel mic uh, it, it the quality of it wasn't great but at the time I bought it it was probably up there it was on the recommended list by Udemy and when it came to do my screencasting I actually used a Logitech headset mic so my first course, when I, when I go back and I listen to it, the audio is absolutely horrid. But as I said, I just worked with what I had at the time. When it comes to screen capture, depending on whether you're on a Mac or a PC, you can use software such as Camtasia or ScreenFlow. 
and there are some free screen capture options as well but then again when it when it comes to free you get what you pay for and and sometimes you've got to have some technical know-how on exporting and converting video formats and that sort of stuff so i think for the price i think you can pick up ScreenFlow for 99 dollars or whatever it's a good way to go so basically you've got a modern smartphone either an iphone or an android You've got good lighting now. You can go also go outside. If you can find a nice quiet place outside, then you don't have to worry about lighting. You can, you can use natural lighting. And I think that's sometimes really nice too, to, because a lot of instructors get this idea that they've got to be in this studio environment, that that's the way that you're going to present yourself professionally. But I think it's sometimes nice to get out there, out there in nature in a nice spot, you know, by the, by the beach or up in a rainforest or just somewhere picturesque and have a really nice natural background behind you and take advantage of the natural light, it's also a good way to go, especially then if you've got a good microphone and so that you, know, you can set up so you're still getting that, that good, crisp quality audio using a lapel mic, but you can have that nice outdoor look as well. So when it comes to tech, you just need something to shoot your video on, good quality microphone, light, and then some software to do your editing and your screen capture. So if you're going to be doing a mixture of talking head that's you in front of the camera and some screen capture you might be doing some presentation stuff so then you might want to have something like powerpoint or keynote but overall you can still get away with a very small investment to get yourself set up and running now there are many courses out there on how to set up your lights and how to set up your audio and how to set up that so that's one thing that i probably never will go into because you know what Here's the, here's the honest truth. I'm pretty useless when it comes to setting up my lights and my audio. And I've had occasions where I've recorded and I've set up and I've recorded an entire course and it's all looked great in the, in the viewfinder. And then I've come back and I've, I've gone into the video editor and it is rubbish. Either the audio is not right or the lighting's not right. And I've just wasted all that time. So these days I set up, I shoot a two minute test, I come in, I put it into the editor. If it doesn't look right, I'll make adjustments, I'll shoot another two minute test and I will adjust and test until I get it right. And, and that might take me three or four times. I said I'm not an expert in any you know, stretch of the imagination when it comes to setting up lights and video. So once I, so, so now after learning the hard way and by wasting hours and sometimes days, I now just always shoot some sample, put it in, in, into the editor and just make sure that the quality is right before I then go off and shoot the entire course. So that's why I will never be creating a course on how to set up lights camera because that definitely isn't one of my strong points. So that's the tech side. As I said, it's probably one of the biggest questions, the most commonly asked questions. But, you know, it's, it's not that hard. You don't have to have a, a, a studio set up. You don't have to, you know, if you've just got your smartphone, some natural light and a good microphone, you are honestly good to go. Now, this next challenge might sound a bit weird because a lot of people say they have trouble coming up with ideas on what they want to teach. But another challenge that people find is that they have too many ideas and they don't know which to start with. And in this situation, we just do the same thing as I've spoken about so many times when it comes to market research, topic selection, we write a list. Okay, so the first list we write is all the topics that you can think of that you would like to teach and that you believe that you have the knowledge 
to teach. You've got, you know, you've got a little bit of expertise there saying you don't have to be a guru, but you believe that you have the ability and the knowledge to take somebody at complete beginner and take them through to a particular point, whether that be up to intermediate or to advanced. So write your, no, so write your list. Then write a list about the stuff that you're passionate about. What is the stuff that you absolutely love? And then see if there's any cross matching there. And then go and talk to the people like your friends and your family and ask them what skills do you have that either they would like to learn from you or they believe others would like to learn. And then once again, cross match and see what lines up. Now, once you've got your list and you've got it down to four or five ideas, then go and do your market research. Go and look to see whether there is actually a market for it, whether that market is interested in spending money or whether they're interested in consuming the free information and then go and do further research into the questions that they're asking and the problems that they are having in that particular area, in that topic that you're looking at. So having too many ideas isn't a bad thing. Now, one thing that I do is because I get ideas all the time and they always come when I'm already working on another project. So the problem is that when you're sort of halfway through a project and then you have this other fantastic idea and you really want to pursue that new idea because you believe that new idea is even better than the project you're working on, then nothing gets done because then you're just going to jump from project to project to project and you're going to have all these projects that are only between 50 and 80% complete and they're worth nothing to you because an incomplete project is worth zero. So I've set up an email account and it's called ideas at and my and my domain name. And so whenever I have an idea or a thought or so, so whether it even be an idea for a podcast, an idea for a blog post, an idea for a course, I actually send an email to that email address and then I forget it, right? So I could be walking down the street and I have this fantastic idea and so I just shoot an email to myself. And then it's gone. So I'm happy because I know I'm not going to forget it because no, that's, that's the other worst thing. You have these fantastic ideas and then they just go out of, your, out of your mind. So it goes to my email address. So then when I finish that project and I'm ready to look at my next project, I go to that email address and there are all my ideas. And now I can go through and go through that process again that we just spoke about having the list to go through the process to select which is going to be the next best viable option to proceed with with my next project. And then it's a rinse and repeat. As I'm going through that project, as I get more and more ideas, I send those emails off to myself, off to my ideas email account. And so by the time I finish that project, I've got another list of ideas. So that is one way that you, as a course creator and as a content marketer, as a blogger, as an educator, you never run out of ideas. Okay, the third challenge I want to talk about in this episode is putting all the information together and how at times that can become quite overwhelming. If you just think about it, if the thought of putting all that information together is overwhelming for you, then maybe the content might be a little bit overwhelming for your prospective student as well. So what I'm trying to say here is that maybe if it's overwhelming, you are trying to include too much information in the one course. See, you don't want to go out there and create the definitive course on ABC. You want your courses to be running around about the hour and a half mark. 
You want to keep it at one problem, one solution. And I'll go back to that golfing analogy because I think the golfing analogy describes it best. If you're going to go and create a course on how to play golf, the definitive course on golf, it is going to take you months. It's going to be a huge course and it is going to be overwhelming to put together because the, because the flow of information, what they've got to learn first, what they've got to learn next, it's going to be huge and it's, and it's going to take you months and months to complete and get to market. You then, because of all that time, you're going to want to charge a lot of money to recover your time. And because it is such a, a value-packed course, it is worth a lot of money. But then are people going to pay what it's worth? So you're far best to break that game of golf down into its components. How to drive. So you could, so you could create a course on how to get an extra 20 yards on your drive. How to putt. How to chip and run. How to get out of a bunker. How to shoot a fairway wood. Like all these different components you can put into separate courses. And then, of course, you can cross promote then because the person who wanted to learn how to chip and run We'll probably want to learn how to putt. We'll probably want to learn how to get out of a bunker. We'll probably want to learn how to perfect a fairway shot. We'll probably want to learn how to perfect a drive. So you can cross promote all these courses and you're going to get, it's going to be a lot easier to get somebody to spend $50 10 times than somebody to spend $500 once. So that would be the first step that if you're finding putting the content together overwhelming, then take a step back and just think, am I actually including too much? So can I create a mini self-contained course that I can then promote as a series of related courses? The other thing too is like, you know, when we went to school, the teacher would teach us something and then they required us to demonstrate that we understood what was just taught by way of an exercise. So we had to demonstrate our understanding by way of either a physical demonstration, or oral or written exam. And that's the same in adult learning as well, is that we want our students to demonstrate their understanding of what we've taught them. And it's, and it's a bit different because we're not sitting in front of them, we can't see their demonstration, but we still want to take them through that process. So when you're putting the information together, you start at the end and work towards the front. So firstly, what is the ultimate goal that you want that student to achieve by doing a course? What is the learning outcome? And how are you best going to guide the student to their learning outcome? So just think about if you had somebody who was brand new, who had never had any experience and they were standing in front of you, what would you say to them? And then what would you get them to do in order to demonstrate to you that they understood what you had just explained? So when you're laying out your content, you list out the steps from the first step to the last step that is in logical order that is required to get to the objective. And then at each step, you list an activity that they would have to perform to demonstrate their understanding of that information. And then you prepare the information that will take them through to being able to successfully complete that step. So you actually start with your activity and then you design your course content around teaching them how to achieve that activity. So it's, so it's like putting the cart before the horse. 
but it is a far more effective way because by the time they come to the activity, the activity is actually related to the content and the content has provided all the information required in order to perform that task and to for them to demonstrate that they know the content. Because at the end of the day, it is your responsibility not only just to present them with a whole heap of information. As an instructor, it's up to you to ensure that you are guiding them to their learning objective. And this is why when, you, when you're looking at your content, you should always look at ways that you can also have some live interaction with your students as well so they have a chance to have some Q&A with you to be able to ask you questions on where they're stuck, that you can role play with them and they can work through the issues and ultimately get to their learning objective. So just reviewing your course structure layout is number one. Ensure that you're not including too much information. Make sure that it is one problem, one solution. Break your course down into logical steps. And I said, just imagine you're talking to somebody, there's somebody in front of you, physically there in front of you, and you're explaining to them how to go from A to Z and what they've got to do to demonstrate that they're understanding what you're saying. So break it down into logical steps and then at each logical step, work out an activity that they need to perform in order to demonstrate they understand the content and then put the content in to guide them to the successful completion of that activity. And then by the end of it, they're going to have a good understanding. And just make sure you make yourself available for live Q&A. Make yourself available to answer their questions and to explain things verbally, not just through text messaging and and discussion boards and everything else, because a lot can be lost in interpretation. The person you're talking to may not have English as their major language or whatever language you're talking in. So always make yourself available. Okay, so that addresses three common online course creation challenges. Many more to come. And once again, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to know what challenges you are facing when it comes to creating and marketing your online course. So please take the time. I said it's only a couple of minutes. Pop across to ecoursedomination.com forward slash survey and just enter in the information. It would be very much appreciated. It's going to help you. It's going to help a lot of people. Now, once again, the show notes for this episode will be found at ecoursedomination.com forward slash 34. That's the numbers three and four. And there you will find links, resources, and a summary of today's episode. If you found this information useful, if you like this podcast, I would really, really appreciate if you take the time and pop across to iTunes and leave an honest rating and review. Because your ratings and reviews help rank the show in iTunes and makes it easier to find for others. And the more people who find the show, the more people I can help. And so ultimately, your reviews are helping other people as well. And that's a good thing. And if you leave me a five-star review, please send me an email at asktim at ecoursedomination.com and let me know that you've left me a review and what country you're from, and I'll give you a shout-out on the show. And lastly, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know we live in a very busy world. We've got so much vying for our attention and we are often in information overload. Sometimes we get overwhelmed with all the information that we're being battered with on a daily basis. 
So for simply taking the time and listening to my podcast, I really do truly appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And until next time, take care.